I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe, the podcast that does for comic book movies what Jim Carrey does for subtlety. I'm Seb Patrick and joining me in being sharper than a cyber razor cut is... James Hunt. Hopefully anyone who grew up in the UK in the 90s would understand the sharper than a cyber razor cut reference. I don't think that was <laughs> in the US did. advertising, was it? <laughs> um, yeah, so we are going to discuss Jeff Fowler's 2020 film, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, obviously that's not a comic book movie as such um you could probably maybe argue for sonic being a superhero is that a, is that is that a justification yeah, that we can call it a superhero yeah. movie yeah um i mean basically our view is that obviously we're, we've talked before about kind of doing some slightly kind of genre adjacent stuff kind of moving into doing films that are still kind of in the same ballpark of the sort of thing that we cover <laughs> yeah, the, pr- the problem um, is that we've only got bad superhero movies left to cover <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we're eager to give ourselves a, a chance yeah there'll still be good new ones but there really aren't very many good old ones left to do so we want to we're going to be looking in the future and we'll, we'll talk about this a bit more in the future but we're going to look at some films that sort of as i say i think i think our, our rationale is if it feels like it's in a similar genre or and or if there have been notable comics about it um, then we'll we'll look at considering it. So just to give us some good things to cover, really. Um, with Sonic, it's just the fact that it's new release. As I say, I think I think it's likely that a lot of people who would listen to our podcast probably have some kind of interest in or awareness of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and we have just recorded a, a Patreon exclusive uh, mini bonus episode where we talk about the the Sonic the comic comics <laughs> from the the early nineties in the UK. And I think I I kind of rationalised it that, um, like, as far as I'm concerned, this film is an adaptation of a comic book character that I loved rather than a video game character that I loved. So um, (laughs) that's our rationale for doing that. Um, We are so this is because it's a new release where we're not going to do the the new section. We are going to go straight into discussing the film. Equally, I don't think this is going to take us as long as um, the stuff that we normally cover, Um, partly because it's not in that same kind of comicsy area and also partly um, it's a kids film so um, and it's a kids film that isn't teen titans go to the movies uh well i think it's intended to be a kids film but let's you know um well i think it's a i think it's a film designed for adults of a certain age to be able to take their kids to i think that's that's really what it's for um so we're going to talk about it for as long as it 
takes us to talk about and we'll if it if it comes in shorter than a certain amount of time i'll call it a bonus episode when i release it and if it comes in long enough it will count as a main episode and then we'll get back <laughs> onto something more in the normal structure um next time around um so to start with um again i mean i, I don't think there's a huge there's much point spending a huge amount of time on spoiler-free opinions before going into spoilers, but let's have a bit of top-line opinion, and then we'll play the trailer, and then we'll talk about it properly. Um, James, how did you enjoy this this Jim Carrey movie? <laughs> how did I enjoy it? How could I enjoy it? <laughs> I mean, okay, admittedly, right? Um, I thought it was a good movie for its intended audience. I think there was a version of a Sonic movie that was aimed at a much broader audience because I think it doesn't doesn't make a lot of hay with the idea that parents will be watching this. Like, Sonic-loving parents will be watching this with their Sonic-loving children. This essentially goes, Sonic's a kid's character. Children, enjoy Sonic. Um mm. There, I think there are versions, you know, there is a version of this movie that could have been aimed at me and my daughter. As it was, it was just aimed mm. at my daughter. She loved it. I was okay with it. I'm mm. I'm fine that they have done that. Like, I, I'm not the sort of person who is going to rant about how Sega has ruined Sonic by making it too kiddie. <laughs> because Sonic mm. was always kiddie. Yeah. Um, and in many ways, that is probably the correct choice but it didn't necessarily make for the best movie experience for me. <laughs> mm. I mean it's the thing with the thing with Sonic isn't it is that there are kind of there are really sort of two approaches to Sonic in terms of you either do a Sonic that is set kind of in a world where Sonic lives on a planet with all of his other animal friends and they fight Dr Robotnik and he fights Badniks and he rescues uh, animals from Robotnik and the Badniks kind of thing and it, mm-hmm. and that world is its own world there's kind of no humans around and it has its own kind of character arcs and story and continuity and rules and universe and everything or you do what this film did which is you take Sonic and you put Sonic among humans and there are there are games and cartoons and stuff that have done that so this isn't a unique approach this film hasn't completely chucked out of the window everything that's ever been done with Sonic before it's just it's another way of doing Sonic. And I think what you say about it sort of, um, it may be not sticking enough, it not going enough down the direction of being a film that works for adults and kids. I think this approach was the right approach if you want to make that film, if you want to do effectively a Detective Pikachu type affair. I think if they were going to go as heavily towards only really bothering about appealing to kids might as well have just done an animated CG adventure set completely on Mobius and just sort of gone completely that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it probably takes the right approach for making a more accessible film for people, but I would agree with you that it probably it doesn't have enough to be, like, enjoyable across all kind of age ranges. Um, I did enjoy it. Um, I think it's it's got some all right laughs in it. I think it's carried along um, partly by liking Sonic and the nostalgia for Sonic and sort of this character who would be an annoying anthropomorphic character if it was anyone other than Sonic the Hedgehog who I already like. Um, the combination of that and the big thing at the centre of it, which is Jim Carrey as dr robotnik not as a recognizable dr robotnik from the games or the comics or anything but 
as what was for me a very enjoyable Jim Carrey being incredibly Jim Carrey-ish performance, that was enough that I came out of it, um, you know, coupled with a post-credits thing that we'll talk about when we get into spoilers, um, that was enough for me to come out kind of smiling and being like, do you know what, that was a that was a quite fun Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It wasn't a disaster. Uh, I'd happily go and watch the next one. Is pretty much how I felt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. I think this this one reminds me of the Transformers movie in that they could have taken a much more hardcore approach and probably still. I don't know, maybe come out with a better movie than they did. But what they actually mm. did was go like let's 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 create something with the broadest appeal. Um that does make it seem a bit tepid to me. Like mm. <laughs> the most exciting part for both me and my daughter was <laughs> the stinger at the end. And so based yeah. on that, it's hard to look at it and go like, oh, they, what they needed was less fan service. Because this it's not very fan service No, it's really not until that yeah. moment. Yeah, and you sort of think, well, a non-Sonic fan's going to see this anyway? Like, surely anyone who sees the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is not going to be having their first introduction to Sonic through it. So, you know, it, mm. I, I can see the logic in saying, like, let's imagine that this is, you know a singular piece of sonic mythos that doesn't rely on any existing knowledge of the franchise which is what they did but mm. you know there are things things i would have preferred to see or would have liked to have seen that they they didn't do and i don't think would have made the movie any less profitable or any uh, less critically uh, judged as it currently mm. is I mean, I don't know. Just, just, just kind of around the just before we do kind of go on to talking in a bit more detail. I mean, I don't know what Sonic's kind of current level of like cultural penetration is with, let's say, people under kind of 13, 14. Like, I know that everyone my age has definitely, definitely knows who Sonic is. I think a lot of people like you and I, with kids who we might have introduced to the games, mm-hmm. will be aware of Sonic. Um, you know, Lo- Lois has my original, like, 1994 Sonic plush that I got that Christmas. I've given it to her because <laughs> she's enjoyed playing the games with me. She knows who Sonic is. Um, but, like, I don't think there has been a massively successful new Sonic thing aimed at kids for a very long time. Like, the games have generally not been massively successful. Like, I think people would be aware of him from him showing up, possibly from showing up in, like, other series of games. Yeah, Smash Brothers and things like that. Um, You know, Sonic Mania, when that came out, was great, but that wasn't aimed at anyone other than existing Sonic fans. I can't imagine that there are... Fans like Exactly. Um, the the more recent games that might have been attempts to kind of relaunch it for kids haven't been good. I don't know how well Sonic Boom, the cartoon, has gone down with kids, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'd be amazed if there's a massive fandom that has only come to Sonic purely via Sonic <laughs> It's Boom. funny, actually, because Emmy knows about Sonic from, from me playing Sonic Mania and her playing Sonic Mania. Mm. Um, <laughs> but the thing she engages with most frequently is uh, is Sonic Boom, the cartoon. And when she came out mm. of this movie, she was like, I really hope Styx is in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Styx is the, uh, she's a badger 
who was created solely for Sonic Boom. I was going to say, was she created for Sonic yep. Boom? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, kid, that's probably not going to happen. But, you know, fingers yeah. crossed, we live in hope of uh, one of Sonic's many throwaway anthropomorphic friends turning up. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing, isn't it? It's like that kind of character you'd have had appear if they had gone down the route of setting it in a Sonic Boom-style setting where it's on Mobius and they've got to use all those characters. But when you've only got room... When, when the story is about Sonic as a fish out of water, you can't go bringing all of those others in. No, quite. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the sequel does. Um, shall we on that? Shall we? Shall we... Should we play a trailer in case there are people who have decided to listen to this having not seen the film um, and come out the other side and actually talk about stuff we can talk yes, about? Yes, let's do that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. I'm Sonic, a little ball of super energy in an extremely handsome package. On my planet, people were always after my powers. So I came to yours. It gets a little lonely, but that's okay. I am living my best life on Earth. Ow! Let the plate Sonic! Let the bitches mount also Sonic! Ugh, I can't with that guy. Uh-oh. Uh... Ah! Why are you hiding out in my garage? They're coming for me! If they steal my power, they could conquer the universe. You have to help me. No, I don't. Please, it's life or death. Good morning, my rural chum. Mr. Dr. Robotnik. I'm going to give you five seconds to tell me where it is. Wait, don't hurt him! Ah! Road trip! This can't be happening to me. Oh my god, stop the car right now! What? The world's largest rubber band ball? We gotta see it! No, this is not some fun family road trip. Eh, you're right. It was lame. Gift shop was cool, though. Whatever this creature is, I'm going to uncover the source of its power. Yay!
just thought you might like a latte with steamed Austrian goat milk. Of course I want a latte. I love the way you make them! We gotta lay low. Let me show you how it's done. So should we get out of here? Yeah, time to go. I always want to do this. Nailed it! Hey, hey. Uh-oh. Let's go! Here comes the boom! Illegal left, by the way. Oh, this one is cute. Let's keep him. Oh, come on! You've got car insurance, right? Why would you throw your life away for this silly little alien? Good time. He's my friend. Let's go! This is my power. And I'm using it to protect my friends. Let's go! Let's go! So, you're supposed to be Tom's best friend that he won't shut up about. Well, I don't see the appeal. That is very gross. Let's go. Okay, so that was the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, you know, as I mean, I, I, I said before, you know, if there's anyone who hasn't watched it who's listened to this, the film's actually doing quite well. So anyone who is interested enough probably has already gone and seen it. Um, but yeah, let's the thing that we were talking around, um, the thing that comes at the very, very end of the film, uh, which definitely I think did contribute to to my mood coming out of the film. And it's not even as if I'm a massive fan of the character of Tails, but I think I just <laughs> like that it went. I mean, I always found Tails kind of annoying, and I didn't like the Tails comics in Sonic the Comic very what? much. Either. Tails was always my favourite. <laughs> it's because you're a nerd. <laughs> I bet Donatello's your favourite turtle as well. Unlike you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I just I I like that the film all of a sudden after having you know it spends the whole of its time kind of freeing itself as much as possible from the from the trappings of Sonicness. You know he doesn't even get his red sneakers until quite late on. You know Robotnik yeah. only starts wearing red towards the end and has that kind of changing look that we already saw in the trailer right at the end. Um, and then all of a sudden, from out of a portal, they throw us a fully formed Tails who flies off with both of his tails. And it's like, where did that come from? Yeah, I mean, um, it's where did that come from and why couldn't this happen in the first 10 minutes? Yeah. Well, it's because uh, so this is so because the, the setup of the film is strange because I think if you'd said beforehand, this is a film about, you know, Sonic coming to Earth uh, and as I say, being that kind of like that fish out of water comedy of being an anthropomorphic hedgehog who suddenly has to survive on Earth. I would have assumed that the setup that we would get at the start and particularly because we had seen like the, you know, the, the green hill zone looking Mobius hills and stuff in the trailers. I thought we'd get a very classic kind of Sonic in his world, then coming over to our world. And what actually happens is you get basically the opening of Paddington, um, where kind of, you know, young Sonic has been raised by a kindly older figure. By an I mean, owl? By an owl who I believe, I, or I assume, I don't know, because I don't know every iteration of the franchise down the years, but this isn't from existing Sonic lore. This character and this setup of Sonic being raised by an owl, I don't think actually comes from the lore Why at an all. owl? It doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what the owl was called. Um, Let's see if Wikipedia tells us. Longclaw. (laughs) Longclaw the owl. No idea. Um, (laughs) Some Winnie the Pooh shit. Yeah. Well, this is so Sonic has been raised by an owl. Sonic is still a kid, 
and then the the idea is that like on his planet there are other animal creatures. I can't even remember what they are. Are they also owls? Are they like bad owls? I can't remember who like chases him at the start. Uh, oh, it's echidnas apparently. Oh, they're a tribe of echidnas, so that could be okay. setting something up. Anyway, so they. Um, kind of chase him because the idea is that Sonic has got to hide his powers because otherwise will pe- people will try and capture him and take his powers. So we don't really get any setup as to who the echidnas are, who the owl is, what the setup on the planet is, anything like that. We just get within like the first five minutes, Sonic has to escape and uses the ring because in this film rings rather than giving you energy or whatever, rings create portals to other worlds. He jumps through a portal and he ends up on Earth. And then he grows up on Earth. So like by the end of this film... Sonic is far more, really, an Earthling than he is, you know, from... Well, he doesn't call it Mobius, but, like, from his planet. So that's also why it's kind of weird that the end of the film sends Tails, and a very, like, classic Tails, to to this world as well. Because it's like, well, if Tails arrives, Tails is probably, like, more experienced and knows more about their home planet (laughs) than Sonic does. So... Um, that side of it is a little bit weird, but in the moment, I was just quite excited that, okay, you've done the first film, now you're going to give us more of Sonic's world. But it's just weird because Sonic isn't really from that world. It is extremely strange. I mean, so if I was doing a Sonic movie, my pitch would have been um, that it's entirely set on, on Mobius. Robotnik is a human who has come from Earth to Mobius and is there trying to take it over. Primarily, the the MacGuffin would rather than be rings would be the Chaos Emeralds, which again don't even get mentioned in this film. Mm. Um, and you know, I would have I would have pitched it at that angle instead of it being a sort of Sonic being the only the only like incongruous character mm. in a movie that is otherwise humans. Mm. I mean, I as I say, I I don't mind that what it gave us was this kind of uh, human and anthropomorphic animal buddy comedy thing. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's reasonably successful at doing that. I'm trying to think what it most resembles from our childhood. <laughs> it's kind of it's a bit short circuit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, Turner a and Hooch. Short circuit, <laughs> little bit Gremlins, like yeah, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, you Just could you could with you, the horrible charmless CGI instead of uh, <laughs> you could definitely be imagine imagine this film being made like twenty or thirty years ago. I should say twenty twenty years ago was two thousand. You could definitely imagine this film being made thirty or forty years ago uh, with Steve Gutenberg in the lead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what is James Marsden if not the closest we have to Steve Gutenberg now, right? I think this is we we had a conversation about about James Marsden the other day. I think James Marsden comes out of this well. I think he's game in this film. He comes out um, of this film well, but I'm I'm still not convinced by your he could be a Paul Rudd figure. I no, I, I, your I said, pitch was he could have been Paul Rudd as long as you just imagine every bad performance he's made in all of those films. I said in the right circumstances, if things had gone a different way, he could have been a Paul Rudd esque figure. Now one of those circumstances would be he has to have more talent than he actually does <laughs> but I think he has shown flashes of being better than a lot of the crap he's been given. I would say this film is probably one of my top three James Marsden performances. <laughs> well it's basically, it's this, Enchanted um, and 
Probably not one of the X-Men films. Hairspray? Probably Hairspray. He's good in Hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not so good in superhero films. I mean, again, but, you know, he really suffers. I mean, a lot of things suffer about Superman Returns, but he is given an even more thankless role in Superman Returns. Like, he has got to be the man who is cuckolded by Superman in Superman Returns. That is that is a thankless role. Um, he also gets cuckolded by Wolverine. So. Exactly. He's having yeah, a bad the, time. You know, in 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 the X Men films, his entire purpose is to just not be Wolverine. It's he to has be to the be the person who, yeah, who is with Jean Grey, and you're going like, Ooh, she should be with him instead yeah. of him. He he has to be exactly as uncharismatic and unfun <laughs> and unsexy and un everything as 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 Wolverine is all of those things. Yeah. But he doesn't have to worry about getting upstaged uh, by somebody with spiky hair in this film. <laughs> they're quills, they're quills. <laughs> oh, I mean, I can't. I mean, even well, well, we'll, you know, we'll probably talk about the whole fiasco with the design. I still can't get my head around the combination of fur and quills that they sort of have to do yeah. just to make the design work. This is the problem with Sonic. Sonic is a design that fundamentally doesn't work beyond the 16-bit era. It's like you can you can work he can work when he's little on a on a Mega Drive pixelated screen, um, but as soon as you scale him up, he's like a creature with a big, massive blue, enormous cone sticking out of his head. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, as I say, I, I think, and you know, it, it doesn't kind of hit that sort of. You know, I mean, the obvious comparison point for the film is the sort of the Detective Pikachu sort of level. Um, but it's, I, I think it does a reasonable job of putting this kind of energetic, irritating live wire character alongside a kind of clean cut, straight guy. Uh, I was going to say cop, but it's like a guy who forgets that he's a cop after about, you know, 20 minutes into the film. Um, <laughs> you know, ends up being this kind of daft road movie to San Francisco. Um, I think you're giving it way too much credit for what... <laughs> the script is telling you that it is a daft road movie to San Francisco. <laughs> the actual film does not resemble that structure. No, they they definitely drive on a road for, like, there's, like, one scene where they're actually on the... Like, what happens is they go to San Francisco, but they go to San Francisco by spending an evening in a bar and then having one scene where they drive along the road and get attacked by drones. And then they're in San Francisco. So it is... when I say it's San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. But when I say it's a road movie, I mean there is one road in it. Yeah. <laughs> um... I mean, this is so. This is one of the things actually about the film, right? It's incredibly short. It's something. It's in the ninety-minute range, right? It's it's ninety-nine minutes, but I'm going to assume that includes credits, and yeah. credits are you know a solid ten minutes these so days. So it's a super so. short movie. Yeah. Um, there are bits of it that suggest to me that a whole ton of it got cut. Like yeah. one of the one of the most interesting moments in the entire film for me is when. Sonic and what's James Marsden's character? Because we should know that. Uh, Tom Wachowski. Tom Wachowski, of course. Um, so when Sonic and Tom are having their very first conversation, Sonic says something like, "Oh, you know, you're the Donut Lord or whatever," and he says, "Why do you keep calling me that?" And it's the first time he's it's called the first him. time he's called him. Yeah, he's called him it to the audience when yeah. narrating earlier on. But you're right. Yeah. And I'm like, there, there was conversation here that got chopped because mm. <laughs> they're just trying to make this as lean as possible. Yeah, um, and I, I sort of get the feeling there are sequences 
that have been cut out that probably made it a bit more of a road movie than it is. I wonder if there's possibly also, actually, conversely, more stuff before they leave Green Hills the first time because it feels like it's setting up quite a lot with the stuff about the people in the town, nobody knowing that Sonic exists or sort of, you know, him being like this mythological, this blue devil figure where there's like the one, the, the crazy conspiracy theorist who who has seen him, but nobody else believes it. <laughs> and then that's that all becomes basically completely irrelevant when they leave. And then they're back at the town at the end. And it's like, oh, the townspeople all, all now know. So it feels like there's, there was probably going to be more time spent with Sonic and Tom in the hometown before they then leave to go and get the rings, maybe. Um, maybe. I mean, it, it definitely feels like there's a lot of this movie missing mm. one way or another. Yeah. Whether it, whether it was never filmed or whether it was filmed and then cut or whether they chopped it after they spent a load of money redesigning Sonic, mm. it's hard to say, but... when Like, mentioning Detective Pikachu, that... Have you seen that? No. So that, to me, feels like a more sort of thematically complete version of its story. And mm. it's, not a, it's not an incredibly complex story, but it doesn't make the kind of leaps that this one does, broadly speaking. Like, the whole film is there, and it feels like the whole film was there. Mm. <laughs> Even though they're of quite similar lengths. I mean, there is, there is nothing thematic about this film, really. Like, I think the closest thing that this film has to a theme is it's quite nice to have friends... It's oh, yeah. like, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely much... the, the theme is like yeah. friendship in, in yeah. a very Saturday morning cartoon way. Well, that's sort of, yeah. I mean, you, you can say that the theme is friendship, but it doesn't say anything about friendship. It just says friendship. Get some friends. Yeah, I mean, I'm just um, well, okay. In fairness, right? It does. It hits those themes quite hard because mm. it, it makes a point of Sonic being lonely. It shows you the the stuff of him playing games mm. against himself. And, you know, getting to the end and, and wanting to be high-fived, but also he can't high-five himself. Yeah. Like, no matter how quick you are, you cannot high-five yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I so quite liked does, that scene, actually, because that, that was like... I think that was... We've probably seen bits of that in the trailer, and obviously... And they sort of... They, they deliberately lean into the Flash comparison by having him, like, read Flash comics. But it's like, <laughs> that's something that you would, you would see as being, oh, this is a sequence in the film, and you'd think, oh, it's Sonic just being, like, a kind of arrogant, cocky douche kind of playing baseball with himself and actually it starts out being like that and then it quickly becomes apparent that like actually what you're seeing is him being incredibly lonely and like he has nobody else to play with and that's why he does that and actually you know yeah that's that's probably as close as the film comes to having something that you could call pathos so (laughs) (laughs) that's very generous of you but i think you are correct um we haven't talked at all yet about the star of the film. Um, <laughs> Jim Gary. <laughs> now, I said on Twitter that uh, if you if you don't have a high tolerance for 1990s Jim Carrey, um, like, and basically Jim Carrey kind of before he made The Truman Show, um, then don't see this film. But if you actively like 1990s Jim Carrey... Uh, see it as a matter of urgency because it's Jim Carrey turning in a, a classic Jim Carrey performance. Now I am I'm an enormous Jim Carrey fan, aside from his uh, opinions on vaccinations, <laughs> Vaccines, which 
Um, you know, I don't know if he's kind of changed his views on that since ending that relationship that he was in, but because uh, I don't know how deeply entrenched those views are. They are pretty unforgivable views if he does still hold them. However, he's made a lot of good movies that I really like and been really good in them. And I, I like kind of both halves of Jim Carrey. So, like, when he's doing proper films, so basically, like, Truman Show, Man on the Moon, Eternal Sunshine, I think he is genuinely one of the you know the best and my favorite actors working but i also with the probable exception of ace ventura which i never liked anyway and i can now like take pride in saying i never liked because it's massively transphobic um but i like his comedy you know we, we've done the mask on the podcast uh so we'll have talked about him then we uh you know i defended him heavily on our batman forever episode um <laughs> Cable Guy's great. Dumb and Dumber is one of the funniest films ever made. Um, I'm I'm absolutely fine with watching Jim Carrey be ridiculously over the top and throw himself wholeheartedly into something. And that's definitely what he does as Dr. Robotnik. It, it is a very 90s throwback performance. It does feel a bit like someone got all Jim Carrey and went, can you just, you know, switch <laughs> on the Jim Carrey thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably uh, closest to his Riddler than anything else, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's actually a bit less broad than his Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's definitely it's definitely a very recognisable Jim Carrey performance. Like, there aren't surprises here from, <laughs> from Jim Carrey, which mm. sounds like a slam, but it's not like he doesn't do... <laughs> you know it's not like he doesn't do serious acting when he can but here yeah. he's just gone oh you know i'm gonna turn up phone it in apparently um i don't think i don't think he is phoning it in i, th- I think he's I committing <laughs> not phoning it in as in not giving it any effort but phoning it in as in just falling back on the things that he is definitely good at mm. um interestingly he made a comment in an interview saying that um, very little of the dialogue he was given on the script ended up on the film. <laughs> and basically all of his scenes were ad-libbed. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've got Jim Carrey, you're going to let him do whatever he wants, right? If, you, if you've got Jim Carrey and you've otherwise got a mediocre script, which certainly <laughs> this film <Yes>. has, <laughs> then... Uh... But I do. I mean, I, I, you know, this, but this is why I said, you know, if you if you don't have that tolerance for him, like... Nothing that he does in this film is going to suddenly persuade you that Jim Carrey in madcap mode is a good thing because, you know, I would imagine that it is intensely irritating. Um, I do think he's I do think he's funny. I enjoyed him in this. And I think, you know, as I say, this is a very different like version of Dr. Robotnik from anything else that you will have seen before from the character. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I think there's enough there that like you know i don't think this is a completely unrecognizable character that happens to have the same name i absolutely can buy this as the younger version of the big fat guy in the flying ship and that's probably partly because of what they do with him at the end but i think definitely in terms of the performance and the over the topness of it you can see him becoming that big growling ranting guy that you're used to seeing like in the sonic cartoons and stuff yeah definitely i think um Actually, the the stuff they did with him at the very end of the movie, mm. it would have been nice to have seen that a bit earlier and seen like Sonic fighting that version of Robotnik. Yeah, I was given that we had seen it in the trailer. I really hoped 
that that version would turn up sooner than it actually did. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I have I, very little doubt that it would be a final <laughs> scene, scene thing. I just hoped we'd get him kind of going away for a while, and then like the final fight would him, would be him coming back looking more Robotnikish. Um, so you know that was that was a little disappointing, but. Um, I, everyone involved in this, or at least the, the, with the impression that comes across from the film, is that they do seem quite primed for a sequel. So I'd be quite looking forward to um, whatever they would do with that. As long as they can get Jim... It'd be hilarious if they don't get Jim Carrey back for it. But um, I think this will make enough money that they probably will. <laughs> it's Interestingly, this is not even our last Jim Carrey film. Uh, what have we still got? we have not yet covered... Kick we haven't too. done Kick Us Two yet, have we? Yeah, so we've still. He's great in we that. Have not. <laughs> he's not yeah, in it for very he, long, but he's. <laughs> he declined to promote it. Yes, he decided that he so... completely disagreed with everything the film was saying and doing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is that's a good piece of shade. Yeah. <laughs> like on reflection, I <laughs> loathe everything about this movie, and I will not be. <laughs> participating in promotion <laughs> i think i think michael shannon's been kind of doing that ever since the end of the man of steel cycle yeah, i know the cast of star wars has certainly been doing it <laughs> yeah very much so <laughs> um so sonic is in this sort of t- talking about cast members Son- sonic is voiced by ben schwartz which i spent the whole film not remembering who had been cast as sonic and wondering if it was someone i knew and then got to the end, and it was oh, it was Ben Schwartz. It was it was Jean Ralphio. Um, I, I wouldn't say that kind of his vocal performance is maybe the most memorable aspect of this. No, I would say it is completely. Um, what's a what's a nice word for <laughs> like forgettable? <laughs> I know. I guess it's uh, the thing. The best thing I can say about this performance is it did not distract me from the the verisimil- verisimilitude verisimilitude of Sonic. I yeah. I just I don't think the film would have felt in any way different if he was just voiced by someone who'd voiced him on cartoons or the games. No, although I'm glad it's not the Sonic the Saturday morning cartoon version. Because that That's, version was um, irritatingly sneery. Um, hang on, but wasn't that um, wasn't that Urkel? Was that which which one did Jillian White Urkel. do? Yes, yes, yeah. In one. fact, he did he did both Adventures and Satayem. The whole thing of there being two simultaneous, confusing <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons that came out at the same time: uh, <laughs> the Saturday morning one and Adventures of. And in the UK, we just kind of got them both sort of packaged as almost as if they were one show. Um, but yes, Jaleel White was Sonic in both of those. Um, mm-hmm. but this is kind of, but this is fundamentally the thing with Sonic, isn't it? Like Sonic is is an irritating character by nature. Um, he kind of has to be. Um, and I think he's you a can. Hedgehog with attitude. <laughs> he's a hedgehog with attitude, but also I think it's it's the thing of um, he's a bit like like you often see with speedster characters in comics. Um, he's the guy who everything else around him is going too slow for him. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's he impatient gets, and he's yeah, arrogant. Yeah, and I and I think you know I think you can play that right, and I think you can you know I I think I think you can make the character be intentionally irritating to those around him without being just completely like nails on blackboard for the for the viewer. 
Um, and I don't think I don't think this film does make him like massively irritating for the no, viewer. Like, I think if anything, there could this be a really obnoxious version. Yeah, yeah. If anything, this this film makes him much less obnoxious than mm. than some versions do. Yeah, um, he's a lot less arrogant in this. Like he's he's actually got uh, you know down emotions. Mm. <laughs> some sometimes his mood is bad. Mm. Um, and and speaking of just that the comparison to um, comic book superheroes, uh, somebody really enjoyed Quicksilver in the uh, in the X Men films when they were <laughs> making this. Um, but I I really like the two sequences, the two main sequences in this where he pulls a Quicksilver. I mean, the one in the bar is a bit silly. Um, I think the one towards the end where the missiles are fired at him and he effectively stops time to, to run around. I think that's really neat. I think it's partly because it's a moment where it's, um, you know, oh, he's, he's going to fire these missiles. And up until this point, it hasn't really occurred that firing a missile at Sonic would be no problem for him because he can move really, really yeah. quickly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's just like, oh, well, yeah, of course, this is this is easy. And it's a, I think it's a deliberate and a quite nice little snap of, oh, of course that's not going to work. And then actually the film flips it anyway because Robotnik uh, actually has the thing that's the power of Sonic that may enables him to move a bit quicker and actually scupper Sonic from just being like Quicksilver levels of, I can do absolutely anything and there's nothing you can do to defeat me, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I, I like how that sequence plays out in terms of the time slowing down and him running around and moving things around and chucking them off the building and stuff. Uh, you know, it's not remotely original because we've all seen it with <laughs> with Quicksilver um, and and before that in like uh, Wally West Flash comics and stuff. But um, I think you know. This is this is a Sonic film. This is this is Sonic the Hedgehog. Super speed is his thing. Um, I think that's quite a quite a nice way of doing it. Um, I did um, I did wonder when I was when that sequence that first sequence was happening in the bar. Part of me like had uh, time in the bottle playing in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Actually, one of the things I find interesting about the the movie is that they don't. They don't really make speed a component in like the final act. Mm. Like one of the things that happens at the the start of the movie is that when he jumps to another world, um, what is it Longclaw? Longclaw, the, Longclaw the owl. The owl. Yeah. yeah, you know, beloved Sonic character Longclaw the owl um, <laughs> says to him like, "You have to run and you have to keep running," and it's mm. like, okay, that's a theme, but then it isn't. Um, yeah, because you know, there's this idea that he has to hop from world to world. And it's like actually, if you're gonna make that part of his central motivation is that like Sonic feels like he has to keep running, mm. do something with that. But they just don't. Mm. Like, there's a much smarter script that could have could have come out of this, and it felt like there were bits of it that I don't know. Maybe it just got redrafted and redrafted until all sort of intelligence was sucked out of it. I can completely see that happening because this, you know, it's it's not got its eye on the quality of the script. <laughs> it's fair to say. <laughs> mm. um, and with a big corporate character like this, you know, it's clear that they're trying to please everyone because that's why they went and changed the design anyway. <laughs> mm. So, you know, maybe maybe that was in there at some point and disappeared. Mm. I mean, I think it's probably partly, this is one of those where, 
like and just looking at the like the production history of this this has been in production for quite a long time and and it, and like obviously you know over the years there's been different versions or different attempts but like effectively this version is the one that's been sort of in development in some form since about 2013 and i think this these writers have been on it since like 2016 so you can imagine that there's probably been a script kicking around for quite a while that's had a lot of you know hacking yeah. away at in order to to achieve certain things that people wanted it to so um you know i i'm not i'm not sure it's something where it's been come to with a very clear immediate vision for what it's going to be about you know i think it's had to it's had to satisfy yes that is fair people. it's fair to say it does not have a strong vision behind it <laughs> Um, just looking as well, um, something, something else that, that Wikipedia says is when it's summarising the plot and it describes that when Sonic uh, goes over to Earth, Longclaw is subdued by the echidnas. I, I don't think there's much subduing going on there. I, I think she's definitely dead. Yeah, I mean, you know, Longclaw could turn up in a sequel. Yeah. Well, we're all looking forward to seeing our favourite Sonic character, Longclaw. Yeah, well, obviously, up. like all of them. We've got Knack the Weasel, we've got Ray. Uh, <laughs> Big the Cat. Big the Cat, yeah. <laughs> All those guys sticks the badger. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing all of them. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, I, I sort of don't understand why you wouldn't just at least put Tails, Knuckles, Namie Rose in there, right? Right? Um, I think you start with uh, you start with Tails. You do what they've done. You start with Tails. I would be amazed if if they do do a sequel, if there isn't at least a, a glimpse or a hint of of Knuckles and or Amy. Um, yeah, they'd guess, be the ones you'd go to next. I guess Metal Sonic might be the villain in the next one as well. Mm. That'd be fun. I'd like to see a Metal Sonic. Yeah. yeah. Um, they definitely. I think the film absolutely benefits from the change in the design. Like one of the things when I was watching it was I was trying to imagine at times what the film would have felt like if it had had the original design in certain mm-hmm. scenes. I mean, I also... The other thing I wondered was, what the hell would their tails have looked like before <laughs> they did the redesign? <laughs> if they had a tails that looked like that original version of Sonic, my <laughs> God. Um, I actually... When that first trailer came out, I wasn't as down on the design as a lot of people were. Uh, but I think I might have been in denial because there's no doubt <laughs> that looking back on it now, it ju- and, you know, compared with what we actually got, like... That was, yeah, <laughs> atrocious. You just, you, you cannot imagine what was going through their head. They must have thought at some point, like, okay, we want a version of Sonic that feels like he could exist in the human world without being too incongruous. <laughs> so what they yeah. ended up with was like this sort of horrifying mutant person hedgehog hybrid mm. with like human teeth. The still disturbing yeah. human teeth. Yeah, and actually, the version we got was extremely expressive and charming, and sure, doesn't fit into the world as well as something that maybe looked a bit more anatomically believable mm. would have. But we've suspended a, enough of our disbelief yeah. by the time Sonic is on screen. <laughs> well, exactly, it's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. You, the, the, you, ha- you are going to have a character in the film that, whatever, you, whatever way you shake it, is a giant talking blue hedgehog (laughs) and so what's the point of trying to make that character feel a little closer to reality because 
it's Sonic the Hedgehog. We all know what Sonic the Hedgehog looks like. We won't feel that it's weird if Sonic the Hedgehog is in the world because we'll go, well, that's Sonic the Hedgehog. We feel weird yep. if a character that doesn't quite look like Sonic the Hedgehog is being, and we're being told <laughs> that that's Sonic. That is far more distracting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, I've, I've, I've got no issue with, kind of, well, you could, you could probably, as I say, make little sort of quibbles, but really got no issue with kind of how, how the design character ended up in the film. It takes a long time for him to get the trainers, and I am amazed that those trainers are not being sold as, as a product placement tie-in. By, I think I think I mean there's product placement in the film. Like I think they're are they Puma, um, the trainers, but I don't think they are actually selling like that exact shoe. They've done like a Sonic collection to to tie in with it. That's like you know they've done some like red and yellow and blue and stuff coloured sneakers. But why would you not just sell people those exact shoes? <laughs> I would wear them. I mean, I, I think Sonic maybe shoes. they saw the film and thought, mm, this isn't going to be a big enough smash to to generate the sort of merchandising appeal we're hoping for. Maybe. Where did Tails get his from, though? Yeah, good question. Tails has got red shoes at the end. Where does he get them? <laughs> it's funny, actually. When um, when Tails turned up, Emmy was... Um, <laughs> she was nitpicking. She was going like, why has Tails got super speed? Tails hasn't got super speed. <laughs> because in Sonic Boom, he doesn't uh-huh. have super speed. Ah, but in the games he does. He has to be as fast as Sonic because. Well, yeah, and yeah. the thing uh, thing I remember from Sonic the comic is that he has super speed because he finds a pair of Sonic's old discarded trainers, <laughs> which are imbued with Sonic's powers, and that's how he can uh, run almost as fast as Sonic. Yeah. Well, it's a running thing, and again, it becomes a question. Like in in those comics, it's like, is Sonic speed innate, or is it to do with his shoes, or is it kind of a combination of the two? I think how they eventually landed was. I mean, I think in the in the origin story where where Doctor Kintabor becomes Doctor Robotnik, um, he does have the speed and the trainers actually help to sort of um, to actually not 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 tone down his speed, but to kind of control his his speed a bit. And so they probably then like absorb some of his power, and that's how if somebody else wears them, very true, they can go really fast. Um, yeah, but no. I mean, what I was going to say was, if you, um, you know, if they thought it wasn't going to be a, a big hit, um, they've been they've been surprised because it's it's done all right. It's uh, it's done better than Birds of Prey, which is a completely comparable situation. <laughs> you know, it's a Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, a kids' film starring Jim Carrey, uh, with a massive marketing campaign and and product tying campaign behind it. Um, earning more money than than an R-rated superhero film with a much smaller publicity campaign, um, that shows that the feminists were wrong. That's what that's what these headlines that I've seen have said. Yeah, so, so I've heard. It must be true. Yeah. Um, but no, it's. I mean, I've, I I I am actually surprised. I mean, I'm not saying that I think it's terrible, obviously, because I did enjoy the film. Um, but especially bearing in mind all the build-up and stuff, I'm surprised that it's actually doing as well as it is yeah i mean it could <laughs> based on that original trailer you could sort of imagine it absolutely cratering yeah and i think it's probably done quite well in that it's come out at a time when there are no you know by design it's been released at a period a time in the year where there are no real big kids films out mm. so there's enough name recognition there that faced with sonic the hedgehog or you know, some DreamWorks off or something. Mm. People are going, yeah, let's go see Sonic. Why not? And I think that's yeah. definitely helped it. 
the question for me will be, will the sequel manage to replicate that or will people go, you know what, that first one was not good enough for me to come back. I sort mm. of think they'll actually be all right with it. Um, the promise of having a bit more fan service stuff in it in the shape of tails and the fact that this one was mm. not abominable makes me think they could actually pull off a sequel and do do all right with it mm. but i've been wrong before it i mean you you definitely kind of think i would think that a sequel would be about sonic going back to his home world yeah uh, whether or not he takes any humans with him, whether or not he's master. The, the, logical, the, the yeah. logical extension is Robotnik finds Mobius. Yeah. Sonic goes back there and takes Tom with him. Yeah. And they do, you know, the Thor situation, they just do the same film in reverse. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully more successful than Thor's second film. Oh, man. But what does that mean for what the third Sonic film is going to be like? <laughs> take away tt's sonic hey i would i would definitely pay to see that and um, i do enjoy actually just speaking of, of robotnik and other worlds i enjoyed the repeated throwing of shade of the film repeatedly going on about how horrible it would be to be stuck in the mushroom world right i i was watching that going like is this deliberate like, it must have been it, it, it must have been be, yeah like yeah being stuck oh, it's in a world just full of mushrooms, mushrooms. <laughs> oh it's, nobody wants to go there it's the most boring place right like, it's but, got to be a joke it just it has to be an in joke and it's a very what i like about that if it, if it is deliberate is it is very much that um that 90s sega brand of, of humor and approach like how sega tried to mark themselves out and and successfully did for a while was nintendo is the boring stuffy old one uh, you know, N- Nintendo's what your older brother likes, but it's but it's really boring and hasn't done anything interesting for a while. Sega is new and exciting, and and is like movies, and and is cool and edgy and sci-fi and and all of that. Um, and just bringing it, you know, obviously now at this point where Nintendo is like probably. Would you say like like Nintendo's like as big as it's ever been, or bigger than it's ever been? Certainly, I think I think you can compare Nintendo's um success now to you know when the NES was was huge i think i think um, nintendo's dominance of its particular space is basically unchallenged at this point yeah like it's not like sega versus nintendo it's just there is only nintendo and if you want in its particular you know, yeah. yeah i mean there's other gaming companies that yeah, are, there are other consoles, massive like, but like yeah. sega sega sony and, and microsoft are absolutely fighting the same console war as nintendo and sega were 20 30 years ago yeah Nintendo yeah. are completely in their own space. Yeah, Nintendo sort of. are like, here is a family console. You you love Zelda, you love Mario. We've got those and no one else has. Yeah. If you want to play those games that you have loved for your entire life, here they are. Um, yeah. And games like Mario Odyssey especially are absolutely fantastic. Like, I'm not a huge fan of 3D Marios, but it's a brilliant game. Like, so well designed mm. and so accessible for all ages. And that's and that's what I mean about like sort of in terms of uh, the the penetration with kids like um, absolutely there are you know millions and millions of kids out there now who know exactly who Mario and Luigi are mm-hmm. and they know it through playing new Mario games themselves on yep. their own consoles not through their parents going oh here's a game that I used to play when I was your age isn't mm-hmm. it really good it's like you know new Mario stuff sells to kids successfully mm-hmm. so in 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 that context I quite like Sega taking the opportunity to have a bit of a dig at Nintendo 
um, because they're coming from such an incredibly underdog position in doing so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hubris thy neighbor Sega is. That's <laughs> what I'd, I can say you know, about that one. I'd li- I'd like to see a little bit more of that. I mean, you know, I I really do think it's a shame that they you know, Sega sort <laughs> of they would they would be biting the hand that feeds them because <laughs> well, where yeah. where do people mostly play their Sonic games on their Nintendo console? <laughs> is the answer. I know it would just be nice if, apart from doing like the Mega Drive Classic. I mean, to be fair, there was something where Sega took on Nintendo and actually you know did it better. But you know, apart from that, the, obviously Sega yeah, don't make consoles do anymore, and they did they do it equally yeah. as well. Well, all right. In terms of sales success, they probably didn't do it as well. In terms of execution, the Mega Drive Mini is is a cut above the Nintendo ones. I'll take your word for it. I've never I've never actually played one. Yeah, no, it's the the Mega Drive. They they really nailed it. Um, yeah. But uh, as I say, that's probably the only time in the next however long that Sega are going to successfully put out a console. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, the days of the war of our childhood are sadly gone. But as I say, you know, I it was it was always when we were kids, it was Nintendo is the safe, cuddly family option, and Sega is the cool, edgy one that your parents don't actually want you playing. <laughs> yeah. But this film, I think, probably does generally veer more on the safe side of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, I don't know, I just, I keep returning to this idea that there were different versions of this story that could have been told that would have been, you know, would Mm. have had wider appeal. Like, I've seen a lot of kids' films in the last few years by virtue of having a child. Um, So I, you know, I get a good spectrum of of what's out there for kids, like good and bad. Mm. And... Sonic is unashamedly no more than a three-star film and it gets by on a lot of goodwill from its mm. main characters. Uh, well, from its main character. And, like, you know, there are there are unknown properties like um, uh, Abominable, which is one of... There have been about four or five Yeti films in the last couple of years. But Abominable was a completely original property. Like, actually really good. Um, mm. really well written, enjoyable for parents and children and not in a kind of, it's not in a Toy Story like, hey here are some references that kids won't get way mm. um, in a in a just really genuine and heartfelt script mm. that, that told a relatable story and Sonic the Hedgehog is not even aiming for that, <laughs> like it's giving token lip service to that idea but not getting anywhere near landing it <laughs> Mm. it is it's that it comes back to what we talked about at the start in terms of um it not quite sitting in the right place because it's if it kind of goes wholeheartedly for we're going to try and create something that will appeal to kids and sort of you know build a new audience in its own right then it doesn't if it's doing that it doesn't have to be beholden to anything that you would expect from sonic the hedgehog because as we said you know sonic the hedgehog just doesn't have that inbuilt kid audience. Mm-hmm. Um, conversely, if it is going to go down the route of uh, we want this film to be entertaining 
because you loved Sonic when you were growing up and now you're taking your kids to see it and you want something that works for you that's full of like fan service Easter eggs and stuff like that and makes you go, oh, I loved Sonic at the same time as watching a, a decent passable kids film. It doesn't do that enough. You know, it doesn't It doesn't kind of, you know, I definitely think there was so much more scope just for it to have little Easter eggy gags here and there because it puts some in, you know, the whole thing of the town being called Green Hills. The at the very very end, you get that piano version of the Green Hill Zone theme, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, well, where where's all the rest of your little gags like this? Because mm-hmm. you know, there's oh, there's a Robotnik presses a um, a button that, um, uh, and there's a button that says like Bad Nicks underneath it or something, so it yeah. suggests that he calls the drones Bad Nicks. You have the thing of I do like how they handle the the Robotnik Eggman name thing by having Eggman be a nickname that Sonic gives him because of the drones being shaped like eggs. I hate the name Eggman and I will always, always call him <laughs> I mean, Dr. that's Robotnik. another thing. That where is Emi, his name. His name is Dr. Going, Robotnik. Like, um, Emi was going, <laughs> why are they calling him Robotnik? Because in every version oh. of Sonic she's ever played, it's been Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't Dr. Ivo Namgi before he transformed. He <laughs> was mean, Dr. That, Kintobor. That a, it was Ovi, by the way. It was yeah, Ovi Kintobor. Ovi yeah, yeah he, wasn't, he wasn't Ovi Nag- Namgi. Um... But yeah, I just, you know, it just, I think there could have been more, even little things like, you know, Robotnik has a little Smithers-esque assistant who I think is just called Stone or something. And it's like, could he not have been called Grounder, you know, <laughs> just be like a little, little nod there or something. Um, that guy was actually it, giving quite a good straight man performance against yeah. uh, Jim Carrey, I thought. It's <laughs> yeah, a shame he disappears. Yeah, I think everything with the two of them, I think, was was quite good fun. I think for some people, it will have been the stuff that will have been the most off-putting of Carrie being over the top. But um, yeah, I, I liked that. Um, but yeah, I think just yeah, as, as you say, it's sort of it would have been very easy to just kind of take the name, given that it kind of does that anyway. Actually, it just takes the name of Sonic and and you know some of the trappings and puts them on something completely different. That something completely different could have been something that was kind of crafted to to actually kind of really appeal to kids and be interesting and new. Um, and actually, yeah, it, it falls back very heavily on... Like, I don't think the film really does anything wrong. There's nothing kind of egregiously bad about it or anything like that. It's it's perfectly competent at everything that it's doing. And But for you to like it, it's relying on you know and like Sonic and or you know and like Jim Carrey. Yeah. You know, the, the the little bit of stuff that it does set up in terms of its own world that you see in the opening couple of minutes feels staggeringly uninspired and very derivative. You know, we've only seen a bit of it, but I did not really come out of it wanting to see any more of it. Doesn't, it doesn't feel much like an actual world, does it? No. It just feels like a 3D rendering of a Sonic level and they went, there you go, there's your loop the loop. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not a functioning society. <laughs> what would have been amazing, and this is getting into ridiculous sort of, you know, hypothetical what I would have done territory, but imagine if that world was, like, all sort of pixelated looking. Like, it, like when he's in his own world, he looks like he's in, like, a 16-bit world like they did with the, with the closing credits, and then he becomes real, in inverted commas, when he arrives on Earth. That would have been great. <laughs> That would have made me want to see more stuff set in his world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, 
it's hard to it's hard to criticize what the film has done because it is it's so unambitious mm. that it succeeds at everything it really tries yeah. to do. It just it doesn't commit to anything hard. So yeah, but it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> like oh, absolutely. You know, it 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 could have been Mario Brothers. Films. Yeah, it could, <laughs> yeah, I think it would have struggled to be Mario Brothers. Um, <laughs> I mean, Mario Brothers is a, a fascinating failure. And, and I'm we looking for it soon. We are we are looking to hopefully cover it on the pod. I don't I don't expect to come out of it thinking, oh, actually this is quite good because it it really isn't. It is a it is a bad film, but it's an interestingly bad film. And the looking at the decisions that went into it, you can kind of see how it ended up the way it is. And we could have had a Sonic movie that was like that, but you know we didn't. We got we got something where. The one thing you really can say about this film is that Sonic the Hedgehog is Sonic the Hedgehog. It's like it's it's undeniably a film that has got a very recognizable Sonic the Hedgehog in it. Yes. In terms of personality as well as the redesign. Yeah, I mean I I, I was assuming you meant personality-wise rather than yeah. uh, design-wise, but that is true yeah. in both cases. Mm. I mean, the worst films I've seen, the worst kids films I've seen recently are um I mean, you'll hate that I think this, but Toy Story 4, I thought, was absolutely grating and awful. Um, uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, I thought, was absolute dog shit. (laughs) I just... That movie was so cynical and poorly structured and grim on so many levels. And mm. it just I felt like it had the wrong message from the start. Like I didn't come out of Sonic hating it. I came out of it thinking like, yeah, that was okay. Like I mm. I don't feel like I wasted the time. Equally, I did fall asleep for about three minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it it wasn't massively grabbing me. Mm. I think probably the the thing. I mean, the things that I'd compare this to in terms of what it could have been would be things like the Garfield movies so you know in terms terms of like live action with a cgi cartoon character that people know about it's the garfield films and the alvin and the chipmunks films which are i mean it's much better than alvin and the chipmunks alvin and the chipmunks i don't know how alvin and the chipmunks is so bad when it is written by uh John Vitti, Will McRobb, and Chris Viscardi. I was just looking this up because Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi created The Adventures of Pete and Pete, which is one of the greatest kids' TV shows ever. Um, and John Vitti is one of the golden era Simpsons writers who was on it from like season one and wrote some of the very best episodes. Like he wrote Mr. Plough uh, and he wrote Lisa's Substitute and he wrote the one with the Germans and the power plant. And he also co-wrote the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie, which is, as I say, I, I, I absolutely could see a scenario where we got a Sonic movie, especially given that it's about, here's the cartoon character surrounded by real-life people. We could have got something as bad as Alvin and the Chipmunks. And the fact that we got something that is a perfectly fine, mediocre family film um, that has a couple of nice moments of fan service that make you go, yay, Sonic the Hedgehog, you know. That's yeah. about as much as I could have hoped for from this, really. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's definitely, as far as you know, films we've covered on this podcast go, it's no Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is fair to say. Um, it's not even the worst kids' film. Well, 
I'm trying to think. Is it the least? Is it the least interesting film we've covered? No, because we did that Planet Hulk animated film. Oh yeah, that Planet Hulk, which which a lot of people like actually, but I think we were not super thrilled by. Um, I think probably from in terms of discrepancy between like expectation and quality. Um, I don't know if I'd maybe say I'd I'd rather go back and watch this than the Lego Batman movie actually. Ooh. Because the Lego Batman movie wasn't... I, do you know what I think about the Lego Batman movie? I think it's since I've seen Teen Titans go to the movies. And that's actually <laughs> retrospectively made me go, oh, Lego Batman could have been so much more because it could have been more like this. Yeah, I, I was not a fan of Lego Batman at the time. Um, I think... Ooh, I think I probably would rather rewatch this, yeah. Mm. This is a lot less exciting. Oh, um, I reckon this is better than Sky High as well. As, yeah. as far as like you know, kids, family sort of things that we've covered. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't say it's good as as good as either Incredibles, um, but I really liked the second one. Um, but yeah, you know, I would say it's definitely yeah, it's better than uh, it's better than Generation X. <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell on that one. <laughs> Imagine putting on your poster better than Nick Fury, Agents of Shield, and Generation <laughs> X, and Man of Steel. Can I just just before we finish, actually, I just yes. want to sneak in a conversation, right? So we talked earlier about how Tails has Sonic uh, has super speed at the end of the film. And I was telling this to my friends um, yesterday. And my friend went, well, yeah, that's why he's called Mars Prower. And I went, oh, right. (laughs) I only just realized that was a pun. Yeah, I enjoyed you revealing this on Twitter. Yeah. And in my defense, right, when you when you play Sonic 2, it says like co-starring Miles Speech marks Tails Prower. So every time yeah. I I think of Tails's full name, I think Miles Tails Prower. So that it doesn't work as a pun if you put the word Tails in the middle of it, because Miles Tails per hour is not a thing. <laughs> Miles per hour is a thing. Yeah. But like Tails is the only character in the entire Sonic universe whose name is a pun. Why? Like <laughs> only him and Amy Rose even have surnames. Why is his name a pun? Like, I I can't be the only person who missed it. I just can't. Because <laughs> it's so poorly executed on every level. Well, you know the reason why he's got two names? Uh, yes. Uh... It's, the, it's, the, it's the same reason why Dr. Robotnik's got two names. It's because Sega of America and Sega of Japan could never agree on anything. <laughs> so Sega of Japan wanted to call him Miles Prower. There would have been no tails involved. He would have just been called Miles and his full name would have been Miles Prower. And Sega of America wanted to call him Tails. So he ended up being Miles Tails Prower. But I think the comics, I'm sure the comics must have made the pun clear more often. Mm, possibly, but I don't know. I mean, what's that? A uh, 20, 26 year gap between the pun being made and me getting it that's a pretty big <laughs> i would have liked to have been there gap. to see that shoe finally drop <laughs> <laughs> it was a room full of people going like uh, come on james you're supposed to be one of the smart ones i mean you do have a point that like you know it's it's not as if everybody else has pun names but as i say i think that's because probably ever since then they've sort of actually agreed on the names so um, I mean, I never got if we were talking before about you know the old reverse name of Kinterbor. I never got if was was Ovi supposed to be kind of egg related for for Ovi Kinterbor or not? Quite uh, possibly. 
Yeah. Or was he already canonically Ivo Robotnik? I think so because the well, the whole thing about where that backstory comes from, that backstory actually does come from Sega of America's Bible really early on. Really? And the UK Yeah, yeah. So it was the the, the whole <laughs> stuff about him being Kinterbor and and transforming in the same accident that created Sonic. Um, that was developed by Sega of America for a sort of here's the character background Bible. Then the UK people did a book called Stay Sonic, um, which was their sort of here's an introduction to Sonic, out of which spun all of the mythology of the Sonic the Comic strips. Um, they were busy doing that, while America, like in the Archie comics and the American games and stuff, went, now nah, we're ignoring all of that stuff <laughs> and gave them completely different origins. So while it's thought of as the British origin, it was originally the origin story. That's so interesting, because that's, that's, that's my favourite issue from. of Sonic the Comic. Like, oh, yeah, the origin of Sonic. Doubt, origin so of excited issue, about that yeah. when that came out. <laughs> I read that until the cover fell off. <laughs> And if you want to, thanks James, you've given us a fantastic segue. If you want to hear more about us talking about Sonic comics and particularly Sonic the comic, you can head over to Patreon because that's where we've done our our comics relevant mini bonus episode where we spent 15-20 minutes talking about um, Sega comics from the early 90s and and how our our liking of Sonic basically comes from those comics as much as it does the games. So. Go and give that a listen. Um, I'll also give them a plug on the main episode, even though I did on the Patreon mini one, because it will give them a bit more publicity. But if you haven't already, check out Sonic the Comic, the podcast, which is a podcast going through every single issue of the fortnightly Sonic the Comic that we were just talking about there, um, because it's a great podcast and a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, and actually, while we're speaking of podcasts... Oh, yes. (laughs) I have a new podcast, which... You know, it was always going to happen sooner or later. Um, <laughs> I've got to say, if you're a big fan of my sarcasm and poo-pooing and just generally hating everything, um, this podcast is nothing like that. This is me <laughs> being extremely nerdy about words with someone else who is extremely nerdy about words. Uh, we look into the etymology of names and the strange connections between them. It's a lot of fun and it's it's quite short, so go and check it out. It's what Cinematic Universe would be like if James actually liked the things he was engaging with. <laughs> um, what's it called? Where can you find it? It is called What's in a Name, and you can find it at uh, WIAN Podcast on Twitter uh, or WIANpodcast.libsim.com. Or, you know, it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's on Overcast, it's on all. All platforms. All your podcast places. Yeah, yeah. That we could reasonably get on. And if you can't find it, just at me on Twitter and I will yeah. tell you where it is. This is the thing. Podcasts have kind of become one of those things where it's like you don't really have to tell people where to find them because like, yeah. it's a podcast. You search for it in whatever podcast thing you use. And if it's not on there, you badger the person on Twitter to find <laughs> out where it is. Yeah. Speaking of which, I have. I think we're still in a situation where our episodes still aren't updating on Stitcher. Uh, since we switched over so if you're listening to this and you want to listen to us on Stitcher but you've had to find another way of listening to us because it's not working on Stitcher uh, I will try and sort that out I keep forgetting but I will try and sort that out um this has almost led us directly into uh you know if you enjoyed this episode you can find more episodes and subscribe on all of those platforms apart from Stitcher but Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM Overcast, Google or your podcast app of choice where you can also find <laughs> James's podcast and my other podcast. I can't get annoyed at James for going off and doing another podcast because I've been doing that for ages but uh, the table's finally turned 
So, uh, yes. Um, if you want to get more stuff from us, support us in, in any way, you can do. You can buy our stuff at cinematicu.redbubble.com. Um, you can get in touch with us again, you know, at us on Twitter, at cine underscore verse. We do have a Facebook page if you want to send us messages there. Um, and as mentioned before, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can hear a bonus short episode with me and James talking about, in this instance, talking about Sonic the Comic uh, for other episodes, other comics related stuff related to those episodes. That is at patreon.com slash cinematic universe. Um, you'll also get ad free and sometimes early access to the main episodes. Thank you, as ever, to Brennan Roberts for being a top regular backer thanks for listening to this and we'll uh, we'll see you with probably a longer episode next time goodbye goodbye When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.